Welcome to the Aggressively Average Podcast. Realty forced to stay. I get all my facts from my gut. I'm not allowed to go out and do what I want to do. I'm going postal. 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 This is a list of the people who audit that. Hello. Welcome to Fireside Chats with Blake. This is episode 6 featuring Christian Clank. We have a very fun discussion where we talk about joke writing, doing comedy clubs versus open mics, TikTok, and how much Christian is totally not into it, and even some sketch writing, as well as plenty of other things. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to. You can also find us at aggressivelyaveragecomedy.com or on Facebook at Aggressively Average Comedy. But without much further ado, let's get the fire started. So I'm joined today again by a good friend of mine, Christian Klink. The first thing I want to ask you is you've been doing the funny stop recently. How's that been going for you? It's been good. I ate shit twice. Your first two times, or? Let me rephrase. The first time was okay. The second time was pretty bad. And this last time was definitely better. So you only, you've only gone three times. My memory serves me correctly. I've only gone three times, yes. Did you do the same set every time and it just hit differently, or? Yeah, honestly. This past time, the one, so before this past, this past Wednesday, before that show, I had three shows where I completely ate a bag of dicks, like really bad. And then this past Wednesday, not saying it was great, but I definitely am, I'm treading water again. I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not drowning anymore. That's uh, pulled me out of, pulled me out of muddy water a little bit. Since you've been going to the funny stop and are you saying like three sets not at the funny stuff. Yeah, it was a uh, different just overall. Yeah, just different spots. Yeah. Have you been trying new stuff? Not as much new stuff. Just rephrasing old stuff. Just trying to improve on some jokes that have gotten laughs in the past. Yeah, mainly just kind of rephrasing. I, I did one new joke, which is the one I was telling you about off the air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Africa by Toto joke. That one did surprisingly well, considering I didn't do the story justice really whatsoever. I missed a couple things, but like the general premise got got a laugh out of a couple people so i know there's something there yeah i feel you i did a, a new joke that i told you about where i was on a drug and i it was meth no not, not meth i've never done meth i've had a meth addict fall asleep on my doorstep before but oh i do know about that story yeah but i was watching commercials and i saw two commercials back to back where one was the high budget all-state version and then was one was a low budget like local car dealership version but they were basically the same fucking commercial yeah and so like i went into this deep mental dive of comparing ads how they're basically brainwashing but i'm here for it like at the end point i was like you know what you've spent enough money to try and figure out exactly who i am who the fuck am i to argue (laughs) it's basically the end point and i tried it on stage and like you the premise i was getting Little giggles throughout with some of the stuff I said, but then what made me feel really bad, which shouldn't, but you can't help it, is a New York comic went up after me, and his first joke was making fun of my joke. Uh, And I was like, God damn it. 
because it was my first time trying it on stage. I had just come up with it, but I was getting giggles, and it was my first time trying it, and like I've told you before, I don't write my jokes out. I just try them on stage. So felt good about getting giggles. Definitely didn't feel good about getting made fun of for it. <laughs> Did it cut deep or what? It didn't cut deep. It was just the joke he made was obvious. So like, oh, it was your first time telling it. Yeah, yeah. I it, it was. He made a joke about how long it was, uh, and first time telling a joke on stage. If you don't write it, it's gonna end up being longer than it ever will be again. Yeah, because I was trying to like figure it the fuck out yeah, on stage in, in real time. Yeah, I'm not gonna give up on it, but it was just like, God damn it! I wish he hadn't said exactly. Well, what was the joke again? Or the premise of the joke? Two commercials being the same, like high budget, low budget. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then me thinking about how businesses use those models. Like as dumb as it seems to see those from a high budget to low budget, because it's basically the same commercial. But it's like they're doing it because that model works. They've done tons of research, poured tons of money into making sure that... Millions. Yeah, that model works. And then I make a reference to how girlfriends will do mind games to a guy and sometimes halfway through you realize what's going on and you're like oh they're only able to piss me off this much because they know me inside and out <laughs> and like it makes you fall a little more in love with their psychotic ass <laughs> okay yeah and then i was like and i've realized like i'm here for it. you've put in the effort to figure out who i am you spent billions of dollars like and i bought that mcdonald's party pack you better <laughs> believe it yeah like who am i to argue yeah you've you put in the effort to try to know me. I'm woke enough to know you're doing it, and it makes me appreciate you even more. I have been awakened. <laughs> yeah, but. it didn't go over well. I mean, didn't go over badly, but got made fun of, which kind of cut me. But yeah. not not too bad. I do want to address something really quick. If, by any chance, you happen to listen to my first Fireside Chats, I apologize. I got a little too high, got a little too in my head, and I was not not in the right state of mind. So this is my redemption podcast, so I definitely want to make that. I wanted to do this, uh, whatever, this redemption comment. Yeah, your redemption show. Exactly, because that first one was... The Aggressively Average podcast wasn't bad, but... That, but you had to fucking dip out early. I had to dip out early, had a show, but that fireside chat was abysmal. That was bad. No, I... After listening to it, it wasn't bad, but still, I definitely think in the scope of what my conversation can, I can talk to people. I feel like that wasn't a, a proper representation. So yeah, I, I don't think the conversation was bad. I just think you were overcritical of yourself, and that's what ruined the conversation. Yes, I'm a piece of shit. I wasn't gonna say that, but I mean, but you inf- but but, but you inferred it, friend. <laughs> You've been going to the comedy store? Mm-hmm. Where, where or the, the funny stop. Or funny, not the comedy store, that's We're not in LA. Los yeah. Angeles. We're not in LA. I, Man, hope and wish, but not I yet. I listen to a lot of podcasts where they talk about it, so might be. But then going to the funny stop, have you been going other places around Ohio? or? Yeah, I've been doing the matinee or cheese and chongs. It's, a, it's right, not even down the street from Barmacy. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's right there on Tuesdays. Uh what time is it on Tuesdays? Uh, it's 8 because of that new mandate in Ohio where you can't serve alcohol past 10 o'clock. So most of the shows that started at 9 are bumping back to 8 o'clock uh, doing that. I've honestly just been mostly showing my face at the Funny Stop. Just you know, watching some shows, watching some professional comics in the area kind of do their thing. Just taking some mental notes. You know, Like Michael Trix was there, I think, it was last weekend. And he was a comedy magician. He's amazing. Uh, look him up. It's Michael, spelled like Michael. 
And no, then, hold on. There's two ways to spell Mike. Is there? A before E or E before A. A before E, for sure. You'll get him with the last name. So it's T-R-I-X-X, Michael Tricks. He was on America's Got Talent. He was incredible. He was really good. He wasn't as much of a comedy magician as he was. Like, he was funny. I'm not going to say he was, was funny. It was more the magician. Like, dude, the he magic would, is what he leaned Dude, on. he would make birds appear out of nowhere. Like, the one comic I was with, he was like, yeah, there's one takeaway from his show. It's, where did the bird come from? <laughs> <laughs> and we were in the back. Not, like, he would, he would have a ribbon in his hands, and he'd be, like, tearing it up. And then he'd spit water on it. And then a fucking bird, a live bird, would just appear out of nowhere. And me and the guy in the back were like, where did the bird come from? Uh, no, it was, he was, he was, he was really, really awesome. But last Wednesday, that's what I'm saying. You should show up to the, on, on Wednesdays to the amateur nights because they do on the amateur nights. It seems like they have a competition. It's a competition. Yeah. No, it's a, yeah. So, uh, they pick like half the comics typically from what I've gathered. It's pretty random, but it's just an opportunity to do a 10 minute set in front of an actual comedy audience, not an open mic audience. What do you mean it's random who they pick? Yeah, it seems like it's random who they pick. Oh, so it's not based on how well they did? Not necessarily. It's more so... I don't like that. So I didn't like that at first either, I guess. But it's a chance because they put you on on a Thursday, I think. Which, yeah, is, which is a pro show, which is it's 10 minutes in front of a live comedy audience, not an open mic audience. Yeah, I, I get that. But if you're going to have a contest, it should be based on merit. I agree, but I'm not... Beggars can't be choosers. I get that, but I'm not begging for the spot. That, and again, I'm not saying that I'm not going to do it. But I, my point is, I went to an open mic competition where I could have been the winner. The host told me beforehand, if you show up, you'll be the winner because I actually should have won the competition I went to beforehand. Mm-hmm. Because we did like a joke off, and my joke, at, we all did our sets in front of a bar crowd that was not there to see comedy. It was 3.30 in the afternoon. Oh, jeez. They were not there for comedy. Afterwards, we did a one joke off between the three comics that were in the competition because there was three comics and then two headliners. And so me and two other comics had a joke off. My joke hit by far the hardest at the end. But because the one comic's wife was in the crowd, she went crazy for him and was way louder. And like, she cheered for me, but <clears throat> her chanting his name at the top of her lungs won the crowd noise. But he was willing to give me the... He came up to me and like, hey, if you show up the next one, you're going to win. And I was like, oh, okay. But when I showed up, the competitor in me was like, hey, man, just make this a real competition. I mean, I definitely understand. I think I do. Like, <clears throat> like the first time I went there, I didn't get one of the spots for the semifinalists. And I was like, and the one that the one guy that got it, I was like, I definitely did better than he did. I'm not complaining because it gets you 10 minutes in front of an actual live comedy crowd as opposed to just an open mic. So the thing is, is they want you to support the scene. It's coming out, showing your face, buying a drink or two at the comedy club to see a pro show. And it's just to support the scene because it's, you know, it's he has to keep the business running. And that's the only way we're going to end up getting paid in the end is, you know, getting booked eventually on these pro shows to get paid. And to do that, support the local scene. So... I, oh, I, I understand both sides of it. I have no problem supporting the local scene. Yeah. Not one bit. There's been other comics that are trying to run shows outside of the Funny Stop that go to the Funny Stop. And they've actually booked me for normal shows. Mm-hmm. Booked you as well. And this is just me being stubborn. But I I do plan on going to the Funny Stop. But you, you should come this Wednesday, man. You should yeah, come. I will. But you saying that one thing, that really isn't cool i feel you I, I i really do i felt the exact same way but 
And the, also- the, the, end, the end thing that happens is you get 10 minutes in front of a live comedy crowd that's not there for an open mic. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately worth it. Again, what I'm trying to say is I've done that. I've done 10 minutes in front of a crowd that was there for comedy. Mm-hmm. So that's not special to me. But not saying I'm not going to do it. I, I am still going to go to the funny stop and I'm still going to try. But that's not an incentive for me to do it. I'm only doing it for my own personal, well, I just want to try it. You know what I mean? It's not, oh, I have the chance to get in front of a crowd. I've done that. It may not have been a comedy club crowd, but it was a crowd that was there for comedy multiple times. I'm just being stubborn in that way when I say it that way because I'm, I plan on doing it. I plan on going there. You should. I mean, it's it's fun. You know, it's like I said, the Wednesday nights, you got to be whatever, quote unquote, clean. You, you know, you, you can you can tote the line different ways. You know, you don't have to be explicitly like Jim Gaffigan clean necessarily. You know, you can have your swears in there. But I think it's a good way to <clears throat> describe things in a different way that maybe you wouldn't have thought about before. But since you're forced to not say dick, you find another way to describe it. So like instead of a dick, it's your southern member mm. or your lower component. Something like that where it's like, oh, that's a goofy way of phrasing it. Maybe that's funny. I don't yeah, know. like we talked about Cy Amundsen. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 exactly. I did the. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no problem going there. I will go there. But I do these mental gymnastics in my head for reasons why I shouldn't do things that will progress my career. And that's no. a flaw. No, yeah, my... definitely, bro. Because I have yeah. no problem being clean. Like we talked about it. Yeah. I mean, like you're clean. Or I'm sorry, you're clean. You're, uh. Your act isn't. Don't worry about. I'm PG thirteen. I'm I'm way more dirty than you are on yeah. stage. Hundred percent way more dirty than you are, and I was able to tilt that line fairly okay. And I think you'd be you'd have a. I mean, the only one we were talking about that you that you might have an issue with is your uh, shut the fuck up and go to sleep joke. But like you said, you can easily switch out shut the fuck up with shut the whatever up, or even just a whole new phrase in general. Well, I mean, I could just say even shut up. Dude, you can even say that, and I doubt it would get that big of a pullback, you know? Because it, it's I think not. It would be as long as I put it towards like you know the fourth minute of my set, like prove that I have stuff going in there that's clean. Because that's what I've heard from a lot of people is like, as long as you're not upset about it. That's the thing. Like they say, don't say fucking whatever because they want to plant the seed in your mind where it's like you said, don't be obscene, don't be completely and utterly vulgar. But if you can pepper your story, maybe in a good spot. Like a, a fuck or something like that. I've seen plenty of comics pepper their act with a little bit of fuck or whatever during the amateur night. And it's not, it's never, because Pete will fucking pull your ass off stage. Like I've seen him do it. It's navigating the nuances of Which is a the skill. Thing. Yeah. That's a skill you have to have. Like, I've done a corporate show. It was the company I worked for. So no I, way. Yeah. I didn't hear about this. Yeah. We have a Christmas party every year. And it was my second year there. And I had started comedy halfway yeah. through the year. And they were talking about, the Christmas party and in like a committee meeting I was having and I was like, Hey, uh, cause I'm in the social committee where we're supposed to plan events. Yeah. For, and I was like, listen guys, if, if you guys need me to, I'll do a comedy show. Okay. Like, okay. If you really, are you be- if you're begging me, I'll do it. Yeah. Completely sarcastic. And then the one girl woman who, who's part of planning the Christmas party goes, Oh, we could put you on the Christmas party. And I was like, book it. Yeah. Book it. I did not know I would be the only entertainment for the Christmas party. Oh, you were? So you were the host and the entertainment at well, the same time? Well, I wasn't time? the host. The oh, host okay. was the owner, or not the owner, but the runner of the company. So he wasn't charismatic, I bet? No, he wasn't trying to make jokes or anything. Like He just hosts the, the games that we play there and the prize events mm-hmm. and stuff. 
But I went up there as the only live entertainment. I didn't think that was only going to be me because the year. How long was your set? Ten minutes. Oh, okay. Around ten minutes. It was a little shorter, and I was much less polished than I am now. I don't think. How far, like, how far into doing stand up were you when you did the show? Six months. Oh, that's it. No shit. Yeah, and I was clean enough for that. Like, I didn't get it. My boss said he's a very condescending guy just naturally because he's rich as shit Mm -hmm. hey 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 he came up to me after my set and said like the most not the most disrespectful thing but like a very condescending thing he was like yeah you had some really good jokes at the beginning and then you know the middle wasn't so great but then you ended strong i'm like dude i'm six months into this the fact that i even had a good joke is impressive yeah a lot of people really enjoyed it and like i said Corporate event, got to be clean, gave me a good boost in confidence. Did you get paid for it? No, no. I, I'm not worried about getting paid for at least another five fucking years. Yeah. Like, I know some people are like, it's a race to getting paid, but I have a job that pays me well. I would like to be able to quit it for comedy, but I also know that it takes a really long time to be considered great or even good. Yeah. So I'm cool with, like I told you, someone told me that I need to be getting paid to promote shows, and it's like, no. I don't, I'm not getting paid to do shows, but I want people to still show up. I want to try and build a customer base. It's the whole reason I'm podcasting is just trying to build people who want to come see me. Don't know if it's ever going to work, but that's the whole plan. Build podcasting base, go to open mics, talk to everyone I can, thank them for coming to my sh- to see me, even though they're not there to see me. Just being there and thanking them for coming like that plants a seed in their head yeah for give sure. them my business card maybe they'll add me on facebook probably won't it's all for building for 10 years down the road yeah for sure that's what i'm looking at so i i just enjoyed the opportunity at the corporate event there was a uh, caricature drawer oh, really? and i asked him i was like hey man i'm gonna be doing a set would you be willing to draw me while i'm doing the set instead of drawing me sitting down Hmm, interesting. And, and he did. And he, I can show you the picture. It came out fucking great. Wait, where do you have it? On your phone? No, it's actually in this this closet behind me right here. Dude, yeah, show me that. And Before we continue, wait. I'm sorry. I got to piss really bad. Can I go really quick? Yeah, I'm no sorry. Problem. All right. Sorry about that break, guys, but I'll pick up where I was at. So there was a caricature artist and asked him to draw me. Afterwards, like I was like, dude, that's so awesome. Thank you so much. He's like, no, man, you did fucking awesome. And I was like, huh, thank hey. you. Because, yeah. like I said, I had my boss kind of give me, like, a good slash bad review. But everyone else was like, you did awesome, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, even if I wasn't proud of the performance, like, I thought I could have done better, which I did. And I always think I could do better. The best you can hope for is at least the audience is on your side. Like, even if you're not, you're not getting a shit ton of laughs, but everyone comes up to you and goes, oh, yeah, you did great. Like, that's all you can hope for. Like, you can't, you're never going to, oh, not never, clearly pros make people fucking guffaw at every joke. But at the level I'm at, my goal on every set is to make sure the audience at least was interested. They may not have been fucking dying at my jokes, but if you're paying attention, you're engaged, and you congratulate me at the end, I had a good set. It's the way I look at it. Yeah, for sure. And I actually, I've kind of gotten to the point where I pride myself a little bit on the fact that even comedians that have heard my set multiple times, I'll still get a fucking... (laughs) Which is 
for me when I first started, tough as shit to get comedians to laugh. No, I mean I know how I don't know like, like if I'm listening to comedy and, I, and I'm smiling, that typically means that I enjoy whatever's being said. So if I'm looking in the crowd and I see comedians, at least like maybe not like an out loud laugh per se but if they're giving me like a good like hmm like nice yeah, yeah yeah like i take that the same as like a, just a regular audience member laughing out loud okay, i've been called out by other comics about not laughing out loud but i'm just not a out loud laugh i do the <laughs> like i'll do a little giggle or like if if i drop my head like i'm like oh fuck yeah. that means it's funny to me i'm just not like austin powers could make me well like you don't want to seem disingenuous because there's i'm not going to name him but uh, this comedian at the funny stop and he is a laugh whore fucking he's the loudest laugher in the entire room and like yeah it's cool but it seems like every single joke is the funniest thing this kid's ever heard and it's like bro again i'm not going to name names but there is a host that we both know of that also produces a lot of shows in akron that he laughs loudly at a lot of jokes but it doesn't seem disingenuous it seems like he's just really doesn't matter how many times he's heard it. He's just like, Haha, yeah, that was good. Yeah, and that's like that's what you want. You don't want the <laughs> like the fake belly laugh when no one else is laughing. Yeah, but I I totally get you. I don't. I would prefer people to not laugh than someone fucking to fake laugh for me. Yeah, it just seems so. It th- it throws your one. No one laughing throws your set off, but someone fake laughing louder than anyone else. Like, it immediately draws your attention to them, and you're like, what? Fuck off, bro. It's not that funny. <laughs> like, get them out your own set. You're like, fuck off, dude. Like, I know I didn't hit that well, so get out of here. Yeah, it, it completely can throw you the fuck off. Oh, yeah. Enough about stand-up. Enough about stand-up. Fuck stand-up. I hate stand-up. Just kidding. Sketches. Yes. We mentioned this on the last Fireside Chat, I believe. I don't think I added that out, but we are trying to get into sketches mm-hmm. for YouTube and you may not want to be into it, but I think TikTok should be a lane we should be looking at. Ever. Yeah. It, unless it gets the only banned. thing, the only thing I ask if we do the TikTok Avenue is I don't want to adhere to the TikTok paradigms, which is like the which I'm sure like the no, like, no, no, like the generic no. template ass TikToks. I'm not interested in okay, doing first that. First of all, first of all, the generic TikTok things you only see if that's what you're looking. But dances and shit like we're not going to do that. I'm no, I'm saying like the. It's hard to put into words. I'm sure if anyone is on TikTok, they can probably attest to this. But it's like the whole, you're not talking, you're putting the captions up. And oh, then, yeah. and then, we're, and then like lip syncing what the captions are saying. Well, it's that's like, not us. We're, no. We might put captions up if, if that's a lane we decide to do. But it will be captions and us acting shit out. Not lip syncing someone else's audio. Is yeah. That- I'm just not a fan of the whole TikTok structure. I'm just not a fan of it. I think, I th- it's- I think you're – there's – a lot of comedians, especially older ones, that feel that way. But other comedians on podcasts will tell them, like, there's a whole other lanes you don't even know exist. You just got to find your lane and do it. And our lane would be 30-second, basically, commercials. Mm-hmm. And we could do that. Like, like I, I think it would be a good idea to maybe put some of the interludes from what we want the sketch YouTube show to be. Maybe put some of those interludes into TikTok. To be like a, hey, check out whatever our show's going to be called. Because we haven't decided on a name yet. But something like that, I'm more down for than... Another thing a lot of people do is, since you know it's 30 to a minute, I think. I don't use TikTok a lot. But my friend 
like usually it's 30 seconds or 60 seconds and then sometimes people will have like part one and then they'll be like follow me for part two and we could have like a minute and a half sketch where it's three parts yeah we put out the first part one day the next part another day third part another day and build again all hypothetical because yeah. i don't really know tiktok we are both young enough to where we should know it but we're both also old enough to where we may not care <laughs> yeah I fucking hate tiktok man i can't stand that shit i really can't stand but it a lot of stand-ups use it for just delivering jokes. Like, they record themselves on stage, chop up their jokes to a minute, and then they fucking toss it out there. Yeah, I mean, we just got to make sure to find the right hashtags. It's a big thing, find, find, finding the right hashtags. They, that'll I, filter I through it, to the right people, the most people, see what I happens. I think more important than ha- the hashtags are very clearly important to the algorithm, but I'm more worried about actually putting out good videos. Oh, dude, yeah, that's paramount, 100%. I put off posting videos like I've had ideas and stuff, but personally, I worried about putting out bad content, which Mm -hmm. that's not the way you should look at it. The idea should be put out as much content as you can. Bad ones will get forgotten. Good ones will go viral. No one's going to care if you have a bad video as long as you have good video. The only thing I'll say to that would be, so I watched that. It was the YouTube video I was telling you about. about it was Ari Shafir giving advice yeah. to local LA comics in like 2013 or something like that. And one of the things he said was, once someone sees you as an open micer, they'll always see you as an open micer. It's up to you, it's up to, you to pretty much change their mind. So... I get the whole put out content, good, bad, put it out. But also there's a part of me that does say, if we know it's bad, let's not put it out there. Let's do it again yeah. type thing. Rebuttal to that, in my opinion, and I agree, totally agree, because I read something somewhere when I was younger that really upset me and <laughs> kind of made me not want to lose weight, even though definitely need to lose some weight. <laughs> but once someone meets you and you're fat, it doesn't matter how much weight you lose. They always see you as the fat guy they met. And it's true. I know that's true because I have a friend who is extremely in shape now. But when I first met him, he was not as big as me, but he was definitely a pudgy dude. Even though he's really in shape now, my mind never forgets the fact of what he looked like when I met him. Yeah. Like, I don't think of him as a fat guy now. No. But it's like when I see him, my mind always like compares yeah it like reverts to that like your first impression because it's your first impression but the counter argument to that would be there's only going to be say 20 people that see our bad content we put out something that's good then we get a thousand different views and over time once you start putting out better content overall like you said it's up to us to change their mind if there's 20 people that see our shitty content over time and we gain more and more followers that see the better shit because that's you only see the better shit based on algorithms of it being good it's only going to go viral if it's good so you'll get thousands millions of views or catastrophically bad (laughs) if it's catastrophically bad if a thousand people see it like you you were told by someone if it's bad lean into the bad lean into the bad yeah and that could make it good yeah exactly and if it goes viral for being super bad that's not ideal but it's still going to get people to click on our page you're playing a game that's impossible to win oh 100 because there's so many different fucking avenues and angles to it like i do with the podcast all my ideas for the podcast the fireside chat the normal page i'm talking to another comic about doing another podcast idea i just recorded a series in review on Netflix. Everything is just trying to figure out what kind of content will work overall. I think the Fireside Chat's going to stick around because I love talking to people one-on-one. And people seem to like it, at least as far as my friends are concerned. They like this more than they actually like the normal episodes. The point is, 
keep throwing shit at the wall. Some shit will stick, and you'll get rid of the shit that doesn't. And I think we're not going to be great at sketches at first. You never know. You could I, strike gold real quick. Based on knowing me. <laughs> I'm not good at anything when I start off, but I am stubborn enough and single-minded enough to figure out a way to make myself better at things if I want to be. So I have no problem failing at first as long as I know that in the end I'm going to figure out a way to make it good. Fair enough. And collaborating with people who have skills that I don't have, such as a sketch writing background, is one way to make myself better. Because I, Dude, I got to teach you, bro. You need... We got to... A lot, whether it be tonight or some other time, and like not next weekend. I'm going to Michigan next weekend, but I gotta teach you the basics of just screenwriting. That way, you can put your ideas on paper for like sketches per se. It'll just help you, man. Even if it's total dog shit, but like at least you have that on paper to reference, look at, and be like, okay, I can reference this at a later time to know, okay, this is where my mind was on August 20th. But when you look back on it, you can improve upon it. And then it's just a way, instead of just thinking about an idea, it's putting it down on paper, manifesting it into something that you can refer to exactly as you wrote it. I think it was Duncan Trestle I heard say, is that the guy who does the Midnight Gospel on Netflix? Is that him? Duncan? Really? Oh, I want to watch that now. I always I always mix it up to either Duncan Trestle or Tim Dillon. I'm pretty sure it's Duncan Trestle. Probably. But he was... I think it was on Joe Rogan's podcast, might have been another podcast, but knowing me, probably Joe Rogan. But he was talking about, he's like, negative ideas are heavy. They stay with you. The negative feelings you have towards yourself, they they weigh you down, that you can't get rid of them. But really good, positive ideas, really funny ideas, they hit you, and if you don't immediately write them down, they're gone. Mm. They're light. They're airy. They just disappear. And I have never identified with a piece of information more than that. That's why you should write your jokes down, man. It's huge. I know you like the whole well, I try to do write, it on stage, but I'm trying to write my definitely write that down shit down. Often, but the way I look at it, and again, I know this is negative. When it happens in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'll remember that because I usually I'm at work, I'm doing something, and I'm just in my mind thinking, and I think, oh, that's a funny idea. And then five minutes later, I'm like, when I'm looking at my phone, I'm like, what was the joke I was thinking about? Yeah. I need to be better at the, as soon as I think about something, like jot it down in a notebook, jot it down in my phone. Dude, let me know, man. I can swipe you on from work. (laughs) Fucking something funny hits me, jot it down, man. Oh, you get that notebook from work? I mean, I stole it, but yeah. (laughs) 100%. Little memo book. Little mead, med, mead, M-E-A-D, memo. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's pronounced. I I always said mead. Mead. Med. I could see a med. Med. Yeah, lead. Yeah, man, that's huge. It's fucking and like, not to say I'm perfect in the slightest, well, but mean, like, there's been uh, a hey, lot hey, of time. Hold on, hold on, everyone listening. He's pretty perfect. All right, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, there's been a lot of times where I think of a funny thing and I don't jot it down, and then I kick myself a day later when I'm like, damn, I remember it made me laugh, but I didn't write it down, so I can't be too mad because I fucked myself. <clears throat> Sorry, folks. That was sexy. I just. I just blipped. <laughs> nice blip. Uh, but no, dude, fucking writing that shit down and referencing it like a month later. Yeah, write it's, shit down in a notebook. To anyone that wants to write funny stuff down, man, jot it down in a notebook. It, this just it hit helps. me out of nowhere. It's only because I love impractical jokers. <laughs> yeah. And they do 
uh, shows with all of them on stage, basically doing stand-up comedy and playing off each other. Would you want to try one time just going on stage together and talking shit? Well, that's what I'm saying. There was a, a when I was in Detroit, there was a show. Uh, actually, oddly enough, at the bar I worked at, it was the. Were you a bartender? Yeah. It was the second, it was the first or second Wednesday of every month was a stand-up comedy show. And actually one of my first sets was I asked my like manager if I'm like, hey, can I do a five-minute set? Like Because I, I was behind the bar and I'm like, hey, can I do a quick five-minute set if they let me go on because whatever, I've been starting to do this. And we're not really busy right now because everyone's kind of focused on the stage. He's like, yeah, man, go ahead. Go, yeah, yeah, go do it. And uh, yeah, no, it's, what were we talking about? Fuck. Us going on stage together. Yeah, no, no, no. So the people that, yeah, I'm fucked. <laughs> no, the, the it's not fucked yet. That'll happen later. Tonight. That'll happen we'll later. There was two guys hosting it, and they would go on stage together, and they would just kind of play off each other. Play, yeah, just like like you say one thing, and then I say another thing, and then it just kind of eventually works its way into the next act, or you know, whatever. I've seen a show in Cleveland where two people go on like stage. It's not a stage. It's the back room of a taco bar. I mean, that's essentially what this place was too. It wasn't it was not a stage, and let me make that abundantly clear. It was a little corner of the bar that was delegated to the microphone stand and a little speaker. But, but they they went up there and they tried to improv in between each comic, and it missed the mark a lot. I'm sure it made them laugh because they know each other so well and they know each other's like style of comedy. But it didn't didn't hit well with me. I don't know how well it hit with other people. But my idea of us going on stage together would be I have no problem telling you every single joke I have in my arsenal because I don't think you're going to fucking steal it. No. And I wouldn't steal any of your jokes. Both of us have very personal jokes. Well, I was going to say also we have different styles of comedy as yeah, well. So we Totally different styles. Yeah. You're, you're slow and measured in the way you talk. And I'm not, I'm not a really high speed talker, but I'm more frenetic. Like I have a little more energy. Frenetic. That's a good like look look that up really quick. What is frenetic? Frenetic. Uh, I like that word. Pace, as far as I am concerned. But I think I enjoy if, that word, frenetic. If we were to uh be on stage together and you knew the jokes I was making and I knew the jokes you were gonna make, I think we could No, I think also what would be good fast too. Fast and energetic and a rather wild. Dude, we should do that on Monday, bro. Because you host on Monday, don't you? Yeah. We should do that. We could try it, yeah. Dude. Okay, so the only thing I say with this is, I mean, no, say it. Don't don't filter yourself. Just say it. I just, if I don't like it, I will edit it straight out of this. Or podcast. say fuck you, man. Or you can say that. I would appreciate the fuck you, man. But I would really like uh, not like a roast, but anything goes type of thing when we talk when we're both on stage together. See, I say something that you think is stupid. Say oh. you think it's stupid. Oh, no. Here. And like perfect example. Yeah. Remember those guys from Michigan? Yes. When you were complaining about another host not being in the room. Yeah, and he and said I it's like went, the pot hey, calling. No, it's like the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. It's what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Let me let me get some context to our ten listeners. But uh, thirty-four. Thirty-four. But I was I was talking shit about a, a host, and mind you, this show is my first hosting gig, if you want to call it that. We are going to call it that because I gave it to you. That's right. what it was. All right. Fuck off, man. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, no, no. So we were talking about another host who is he, – he, he'll, 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 he'll make you go like five minutes past your runtime. Or he'll cut other people off because he's actually in the room. Yeah. So he'll let you go longer or shorter depending on if he's in the room or not. And 
my first time hosting, I was smoking a cigarette outside, and I was multiple, multiple times. <laughs> Shut up. No, 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 I'm just kidding. But uh, no, but I was talking. Not talking shit, but I was like, oh, yeah, the one dude's like never in the room. And the one comic is like, yeah, it's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black. Because I wasn't in the room for one of the sets where Blake had to go on stage for me and be like, oh, what'd you say even? I don't even know what you said because no, I wasn't I, there. I, I started talking. Uh, it was actually two times. The one time I went on stage and I had to bring another comic up. And the other time I was on stage covering for you. And then I saw you in like the side room. No, no, that one time I was talking. The one, the one comic from Michigan, he was... The ATM was busted, and I was just kind of getting to know him, I guess, a little bit. Which, not a problem with that. Yeah, just talking with him. Kind of point of open mics. Yeah. In my opinion. is Well, to to my defense, and this might be a bad defense, but to my defense was you're used to hosting those shows, so I thought if I'm not in the room, Blake wouldn't have an issue with going up, making fun of me even, being like, the fucking guy's not here. And I didn't have an issue with that, but my point in even saying anything. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were in the parking lot, he said the pot calling the kettle black after I stopped you. And yeah. Like, hey, man, you probably shouldn't say that. But the one thing I will say was I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> For sure was not a good move on my part. But it's all a learning experience. Like you said, it was your first time hosting. Uh, I didn't do great my first time. I'm still not a great host. For some reason, the people in the crowd still enjoy me. I think it's because I have no problem making the fuck fucking fun of myself. Like, I will do that. If I mess up, I'm not one of those people whose ego's too big to be like, well, I'm not addressing that. Like, I've said people's names wrong, and as soon as I said their name wrong, I'm like, oh, I'm fuck. sorry. I'm yeah. an asshole. Let me try that again. <laughs> That's part of being in the room. Yeah. Like, that's what they talk about. Like, as a comic, you need to be in the room. Oh, yeah, that, read the room is like. Yeah, but, like, being point. in the room means addressing things that went wrong. And even if you don't do it funny, just don't be an asshole about it. Yeah. And you can still win the crowd over. Because I, the last mic I op- like, uh, hosted, this girl, her name was uh, spelled differently than it was pronounced. Mm. And then her last name was Easy. So I made sure, like, she even phonetically spelled it out. Like, I had her write her name down, and she wrote her name, and then in parentheses, phonetically spelled it out like it was a fucking dictionary. And I was like, oh, thank you, because I would have said that wrong. I went up, said her first name correctly, then said the wrong letter to start her last name. And I said it, and then immediately I was like, fuck, I messed that up. (laughs) And that won the crowd back. Like, and it didn't even piss her off because she was like, all right, yeah, you got the first name right. You acknowledged it. Yeah. I didn't just go, well, whatever. I messed up. I'm going to go sit down like I have it. I'm always right. If you fuck up, admit it, move on. And as long as you do it funny, no one's going to care. Because that's that's my whole style of hosting is I'm not great. I'm not great at it, but I'm willing to admit when I fuck up. And even those people from Detroit... I didn't think they enjoyed the show at all. Speaking of that, I'm sorry. Tuesday, Garage Bar, every other week in Willoughby, good room. I, I've Because fucking Grinnell and Swain from the Post 32, yeah. they both came that night. And it was a good room, man. Grinnell did really well. He did a good job. Yeah, yeah. I, he's he's not a bad comic at all. I, I, I like him. And I listen to his podcast. Uh, speaking of that, it's called Another Podcast About, about everything. everything. Yep. Did you listen to it? No, I haven't, but I saw his post. Their first podcast, I enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed the conversation. It's obviously a first podcast. Yeah. 
There's no getting around that. Just like I'm I'm still new at podcasting, and I know there's a lot of flaws in my podcast, so I'm not going to say his podcast is perfect, but I enjoyed listening to it, mm-hmm. and I let him know. But my point before was like, while they were all doing their sets, I thought they were all going to fucking never want to fucking talk to me, never want to fucking be a part of that show again. Mm-hmm. But Bilal and Daniel and... Uh, Cats. Cats. Or Kaz. Yeah, I don't know if he added me, but he at least interacted with me on a Facebook post. Like, I felt really good about that because they drove four fucking hours. Oh, yeah. And to a room of yeah, no basically one. no one. Yeah. Not really developed a friendship, but at least me and Grinnell, we... No, same with me. Me and Grinnell, yeah, we've been going back and forth on Facebook a little yeah. bit. So it's, you know, that's all you can hope for. The people that show up at least somewhat appreciate what you did. Yeah. And that's I'm trying to build a room. By the way, guys, uh, Monday nights post 32 Veterans Lounge. That's 383 Dayton Street in Akron, Ohio. If anyone listening to this wants to go to an open mic, apparently me and uh, Christian will be hosting together at some point. So come check us out this Monday, man. This Monday, I would love to dual host, try it out, see how the fuck it works. Ah, yeah, I can bring mics and everything for. Yeah, us. dude, fuck yeah, let's do it. Air knocks. Air knocks. Yeah, I got short arms. He totally thought we were going to be able to do it at first, and then he saw me Well, I have up. to pee again, oddly enough. And Well, we can cut this off right now. I know it's not the best ending point, but we do have another show to record, and I don't know if you guys enjoyed this, but I had a real fun time talking to Christian. Likewise, man. This was great. I loved it. It was way better than the first one because it was 15 fucking minutes. It was not well, good. I, it was it was 26 minutes, but nine of those minutes was Christian was it, going. I thought it was 15. It was 15 edited. Uh, okay, that's what I was going to say because it was for sure 15 when I listened to okay, it. Okay, no, I was wrong. It was 21 minutes, so I chopped six minutes of Christian going, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, I fucked this up. Dude. <laughs> yeah, that was bad, man. That was fucking stony baloney to the max on that one. That was bad. Yeah, no, it was bad. But but, this one went, went better, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anyone else is going to like it, but I enjoyed it. I hope we get more into sketches. Like I, I'm going to say this. We need to get on it. We need to pick a day and no matter what, record a video. I don't care how long it is. I don't care what video it is. We just need to get past that barrier of recording a video and putting it out there. Okay. And once we do, I will be promoting it on this podcast. Well, not Fireside Chats, but the normal episode of Aggressively Average Podcast. Just saying that now. We need to figure out a day where we are going to record and just make it happen. All right. We'll talk about it. All right. See you guys soon. Bye.